Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is Brendan Escott with you, 632 in Edmonton. Bob is uh, in California. The Bay Area is where the puck drops on the final three games of 2023 for the Oilers. San Jose, then Saturday, it's uh, the front half of the doubleheader against the Kings. Sunday for New Year's Eve, they play the Ducks in Anaheim. That one's a 6 o'clock game on 6.30. Ched, Royal Pizza, his pizza, pasta, and so much more. Get a $10 bonus for every $50 gift card purchased until December 31st. Couple days left on that one. Visit royalpizza.ca. Now, I've teased it all show long. I was uh, quite surprised this afternoon to see some of the names moving along on the trade market with the Edmonton Oil Kings in the thick of things. So we had to make a call. Kurt Hill joining us now just ahead of puck drop as they get to uh, resume action with a big road trip. Kurt's our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Kurt, appreciate you doing this on short notice. How's it going tonight? Yeah, it's going good. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you. So uh, break it down for us, uh, maybe in chronological order. So you've got two deals done today, one with Seattle, uh, the other with uh, Moose Jaw. And uh, I'll let you take the floor from here. Who did you uh, who did you bring in? Yeah, so from, from Moose Jaw, I mean, we made a trade, uh, sent to Island, Kovacevic, and Wojtek Port um, for Andre Tomasek, a first, a second, and third round pick. Um, and then uh, the second deal of the day that we made was um, acquiring Grayson Sachin, Lucas Sachin, and Trace and Ashley from uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds for Nathan Pilling, a first, a second, a third, a fifth, a seventh-round pick, and a conditional second and conditional third-round pick. So lots of draft capital moving in and out. But in layman's terms, what I see here is Nathan Pilling, who was a big part of the group this year. I know he battled some, uh, I think, injury and was away at NHL camp in the beginning of the season. So that'll be a big piece to let go with, as will uh, Kovacevic. But you, you get in uh, Sachin and potentially his little brother i think that's a big piece of this all right 
Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, obviously getting Grayson, when, when players like that come on the market, uh, you know, it doesn't happen very often, especially when they're 18 years old. Like predominantly those guys are are there at 19 when a, a team's loading up and you need them for, for half the season to try to win. And, you know, with his name being out there, um, knowing you're going to have him for a year and a half, um, it was pretty attractive to our group just to, to add a piece, uh, you know, to play with, with Hodnett and Jekko and our, our young forward group here um, a little bit longer term. And um, further to that, um, having the opportunity to have, have Grayson here and look to try to, to recruit Lucas and get him in the fold would be uh, would be a tremendous add for our, our young prospect pool and strong prospect pool that we have coming over the next few years. Now, Sachin is somebody that, with Seattle last year, of course, played in the Memorial Cup. Uh, he's projected to have 68, or on pace for, I should say, a 68-point season here in 55 games. But, you know, you get a, experience, obviously, and uh, somebody with the pedigree of being a second-round draft pick by Florida this past go-around. So when you say these guys don't typically come available, uh, you're not kidding. And I wonder what kind of player he is. What are his attributes going to be? Well, I would say, you know, we, we did a lot of work on Grayson because of the year, um, you know, the one year in the U.S. Uh, prospect draft and we had a high pick. Uh, there was a potential that he could have got to us. So we, we scouted him a lot when he was playing, you know, his 14-year-old year. But I would say his, his number one attribute that he has is his competitiveness, which, you know, in a skilled player, um, obviously he's got the offensive numbers that go with that. But when you can add the, the competitiveness that he plays with, um, like he's a gamer, he plays to win every shift, and you know it's hard to find a skilled player that plays like that. And he's certainly that. So that's when you can integrate that into your lineup. Um, you know, we're a group that's been at the bottom of the standings for the last couple of years, and you now I really feel he's a guy that can start to to really um, bring some of that you know competitive attributes to our group, and you know get some guys moving in the right direction here. Oil Kings general manager Kurt Hill on the phone right now. Maybe you could explain a little bit more. So with little brother Lucas Sachin playing in the uh, USHL right now, is that correct? Yes, he's playing for the Chicago Steel in the USHL his first year. Yeah. So great program down there, as we know. But longer term thinking, uh, you know, you bring the rights in, and uh, maybe when you've got a little bit further along in the uh, in the curve here, somebody that you look incorporate at uh, incorporating into your team here north of the border. Yeah, certainly. You know, it's uh, the Sachin family. They spent they they lived in Onaway for five years, so they're they're quite familiar with our region. You know, the, their grandparents live in Grand Prairie, um, so this is uh, you know a little bit like uh, coming home for Grayson, having spent some time here. So, um, you know, if Lucas is going to make the decision to potentially come to the league, I feel like we got um, a great chance with them having so much familiarity and friends and family around the area. Talk to me about uh, parting with the likes of Pilling and uh, Wojtek Port is somebody, of course, we talked a lot about in the first half of the season anyway. Well, it's, ne- it's never easy to say bye to guys. And, you know, with Wojtek, um, unfortunately, he got injured um, not too long ago and isn't going to be able to participate in the World Juniors. And, you know, that injury is going to keep him out pretty deep into the second half here. So having the opportunity to get him to a, play- to a team that's in the playoffs right now and loading up to try to make a run, I think, is you know, going to give him a lot of hockey moving forward here. And, you know, in, in Nathan Pilling, he had some injury struggles at times here with us, uh, which were unfortunate, you know, some bad luck stuff. But, you know, I still think there's still a lot of upside in him as a player. And, um, you know, 
when you're trying to trade for a for a player like Grayson Sachin, um, you know, part of the requirement from the other team was getting a player back, and they wanted somebody who was going to be a 20-year-old for them next season. And you know, ultimately, it came down to Nathan Pilling being the guy that had to go back the other way in that deal. So uh, we'll wrap with this. Obviously, a very big road trip for your team right now. It starts against uh, sort of the beast of the league in the Prince George Cougars. They're making a push this year, and you go through the BC division and down to the U.S. division, Kurt. This is uh, one heck of a way to come out of the Christmas break. Yeah, certainly. You know, I don't haven't seen too many seven-game road trips uh, coming out of the Christmas break, but um, you know what? We'll... We'll start it off in PG tonight, and you know I know our guys are are, are excited about being back after Christmas, and uh, I'm sure there's some trade excitement. I know lots of the lots of the guys are excited to get uh, Grayson and Andre and uh, in the lineup in Vancouver, but uh, hopefully they can get started off on the right foot here in Prince George tonight. About a peek at Joe Aginla, two games, two points. Would you like about him, your former uh, first round Bantam draft pick? Yeah, I really liked his games. It's. Uh, you know, we always knew that his hockey sense was was elite, and um, you know he showed that. And it's not easy coming up and playing games at 15. I mean, you can play a little bit free and and just go out there and have fun. But uh, when you come up and you get an assist and a goal, uh, you know, he just knows where to be and knows how to how to create offense. So I was I was really impressed with uh, with those two games. And you know, he he has such a great personality and has so much fun with the game. It's uh, He's going to be one of those guys that's going to be contagious to be around once he gets here next year full-time. And the final question I've got for you, Kurt, is just on, on Adam Yeko, nearly a point-per-game guy, big uh, check-born forward, and likely somewhere in the say second or third round of the NHL draft, at least from what I've read. Uh, but uh, I've got the injury designation next to his name here. Is he? Uh, what's, what's he looking like for the near future? Yeah, he's actually going to make his return to the to the lineup tonight. So him and Skylar Bruce are are back in tonight. So uh, yeah, nice to get a couple top six forwards back. And uh, with Adam, you know, I he had an exceptional first half when when he got up, considering he was you know new to North America and and adjusting to the WHL game. So uh, you know, hopefully he's ready to go to have a strong second half here. And uh, you know, I think he's a guy that. If he has a really strong half, could could see his name called at the end of the first first round potentially. There you go. That is uh, Oil Kings general manager Kurt Hill. Kurt, really appreciate you taking some time here, especially on uh, a game day. Good luck tonight and uh, safe travels there through BC in the U.S. Yes, thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you guys. Right, thank you, you as well. That's Kurt Hill uh, once again, and hey, we'll go ahead and call that our prospect report for Reface Magic. Don't, uh, or rather, save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace reface we'll step out bring back uh, reed wilkins shall we we'll uh, we'll goof it up when we get back on oilers now subscribe to the oilers now podcast available on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about uh, the best gift that you were able to give or receive this Christmas. Not quite New Year's yet, but we are, we are in the purgatory, that, that sort of 
the halfway point, if you will. But uh, Henriette has texted us to say, uh, here's my Christmas gift story. Hasn't happened quite yet, but it is going to this Christmas. Unfortunately, my daughter's father passed away suddenly, a day after Christmas when she was 14. So needless to say, this time of year is, is bittersweet. Dad loved hockey, but they never got to go to an Oilers game together. So this year, my daughter and I decided to put the money into a plot to go see an Oilers game. Family's been giving us all the bottles to cash in, so that went towards the tickets as well. Going to have a great experience instead of buying something. It's going to be a happy game because we'll remember how much her dad loved hockey. Again, that's from Henriette. And uh, yeah, that's that's spectacular and pretty much exactly what I'm talking about in terms of that uh, joyous gift giving. And in fact, that's such a great text. We're going to enter it into the text of the week draw here where uh, winners receive three months of washes at uh, Bob's favorite car wash, Great White Car Wash. That's at uh, 10004169th Street. And we'll announce the winner of that every Wednesday. So thank you for sharing that, Henriette. Thank you, Reed Wilkins, for jumping in to the 630 Chad Studios. Fun fact, Reed does not do his show from here. He does it from a different part of the building. So... A nice face-to-face contact. Great white, great white car wash. Yeah, where you're once cleaned, twice shy. <laughs> Is that like a shark bite joke? No, great white. When I was a lad, put out a cover of the song "Once Bitten, Twice Shy," and it was a great big hit for them. So, great white car wash where you're once cleaned, twice shy. It's the best we could come up with on 14 seconds notice. There's a handful of people out there howling in their vehicle. Well, I mean, howling handful. might be a, <laughs> a little bit of a, a little bit of a stretch. Uh, I, I actually did not know until, well, I didn't know when the song came out that "Once Bitten, Twice Shy" was originally recorded by Ian Hunter in 1975, and then Great White did a excellent cover of it. Uh, in 1989. Yeah, the, you can play a sample, sure. Yeah, I guess I... Thank you. Yeah, I remember this. It's a great track. I definitely... Oh, yeah. My, my. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sing on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Talk show host. But that's yeah, the one. I, I definitely know the tune of that one. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I, sure. I don't think that's Great White Car Wash's no. slogan, by the way. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> we'll let Bob come up with their slogan. Yeah, that's fine. There's a whole department for that. Uh, Oilers, last time they had an extended layoff, came out like gangbusters, and they blew the doors off of a New Jersey team that we weren't really sure how they were going to respond to. Uh, number one power play in the league comes to Rogers' place, and off of that five-day break, it was no problem. Was that you, the start of the six-game homestand? Was that the Devils? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever team that was, I think it was New Jersey. I could be wrong, but I think it was New Jersey, and I, I just, I, I'm wondering if the fact that they're going out to play a very underwhelming San Jose side, do you think that that sets them up for less of a quick start, shall we say? Or, I mean, good grief, they're kind of at a point right now where they better be in control of every part of their destiny because they don't have any wiggle room left in the standings. Uh, I expect that they will... Uh, that was Carolina they played coming out Carolina, of the break. Carolina, they beat you. They beat 6-1. Yes. Uh, I, I think they're playing quite consistently for the most part. Um, I mean, 
they had that three-game losing streak. They played pretty well against Tampa. They played okay against the Islanders. They didn't play well in the game they lost against Florida. I, uh, you know, Derek Ryan was asked today about looking back on that last San Jose game, and he said, honestly, we don't even think about it. We're just focused on what we have to do each day. The Oilers are a better team than San Jose and should beat them most of the time. So I, I like their chances tomorrow against the Sharks. I, they've started some games really well. And then the last two games, they've had really good third periods, so they've been able to find times and places to score. And I, I to me, the big game on this trip is the L.A. game. I'm not trying to overlook the other two, but those are teams the Oilers should beat. So what happens against L.A.? They're having a great season. They're a foe for the Oilers after the last two playoff series. Probably a game L.A. will be hungry for. I mean, Todd McClellan said it last year when they were knocked out of the playoffs. said, we want to win the Stanley Cup. To do that, we have to get out of our division. And right now, Edmonton's in our division, and we've lost them two years in a row in the playoffs. So uh, I think if the Oilers play to their standards... They should be able to take care of business tomorrow night. And let's face it, they outshot San Jose really badly in what turned out to be Jay Woodcroft's second-last game as head coach of the Oilers and his last loss, oddly enough, because he got fired after a win. Um, even in that game, they outshot them. They made a couple of mistakes. They kind of had that one weird bounce goal where a blocked shot went directly to a San Jose player for a one-timer. So I, I just think the Oilers... Are, are doing a lot of things well, and they, they know what they have to take care of tomorrow. There was a significant amount of bad bounces in the first, I'm willing to say, 18 to 20 games of the season, and it's difficult in the moment for me to sit there and attribute wins and losses to that type of thing, but in reality, now you're seeing that games are winnable when not every bounce is getting behind the goaltender. you know. And, and I don't know if they're at a level now where they're outscoring their mistakes or if uh, they're making fewer of them, that's kind of where well, they're I making. Mean. Yeah, they're making way fewer mistakes. But way uh, yeah, fewer the, mistakes. The, the bounces that go off somebody's shin pad and directly to the opponent. There's been fewer of those in recent memory, and instead we're thinking about dramatic four goal comeback victories on a big stage. So uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have too many questions laid out here for you. But what excited me, and I tweeted this out after that win over New York, is even a year or two ago probably two years ago it's a game they absolutely would have mailed in in fact both of those games against the devils and the rangers they would have mailed them in they would not have come back and won and they have to this year and they did um well that's a that is a harsh statement looking back on the team of two years ago (laughs) i don't know mailing in is a pretty strong term to me but I mean, I don't know. They've won a lot of games the last four years overall. Certainly, they when Tippett got fired, they had a really bad stretch leading up to that. And they were falling behind, and they weren't coming back. So, yeah, maybe if you, if you go back to that. But I, I, I don't know. I just think they, they've stayed in games. They've only been down a goal. And then, and I want to talk to this about both, to, to both Luke Gazik and Kelly Rudy on my show coming up, that ability to just bust through the door when it's a crack open and i think that's what good teams do when they get outplayed they limit the damage and then when they outplay another team they can do a lot of damage i mean like i always say most most games are close when you when you look at it they all start tied so at some point somebody has to take control of the game so you know the rangers were good 
I don't think the Rangers vastly outplayed the Oilers, but there might have been some times in the game they had a bit of an advantage. Um, but the Oilers hung in there. You know, they Skinner made some saves. Uh, they, they were able to, you know, control what was happening. The, the Oilers were able to limit a grade-A chances for the most part. And then when they had that opportunity in the third, all of a sudden they made Jonathan Quick look like an aging goalie as opposed to Jonathan Quick in his prime like he was in the first 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you're saying a lot of the things that I feel when I throw the blanket statement on of they would have mailed it in. That's that's kind of where I'm going with that is that they they were you know mature enough. Um, anyway, this day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. You can join an exclusive 14-day trip to Newfoundland in June. See the Iceberg Festival. Call New West Travel. Visit newwesttravel.com. On this day in 1981, Wayne Gretzky scores four goals. Adds a helper to the Oilers blasting the Kings 10-3 at Northland's Coliseum. Gave the great one 45 goals on his way to the fastest 50 in uh, NHL history. There you go. So you've got uh, Luke Gazdick, Kelly Rudy coming up tonight. And, you know, Newfoundland has the uh, Iceberg Festival. I'm going to start an Iceberg Lettuce Festival. Here? Or in your hometown of Evansburg? No, here. This, well, this is my hometown now. Okay. Yeah. Let's just be on my patio. <laughs> I like it. I'm more of a romaine guy, but what yeah. can I say? Well, you can uh, have the boy. remainder of the lettuce. Yes. Thanks for having me on, Scott. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Bob is uh, back tomorrow to set up the Oilers and the Sharks. They will face off at the SAP Center, 8.30 tomorrow night. Get the afternoon coffee set. Maybe take a nap. Up next, global news, weather, traffic update. Zach Ferguson and Wilkie has inside sports. Brendan Escott will talk, talk to you tomorrow.